Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Unscrewed. The show that knows that real liberation includes sexual liberation. I am your host, Jacqueline Friedman, and welcome to another Spare Parts episode of Unscrewed, where we bring you a little of this, a little of that, and get you in and out in 15 minutes or less. This week, I'm bringing you our latest entry in our ongoing collection of dirty slang, an advice question from an anal newbie, and an answer to the pretty important question, did a U.S. court just rule that kinky sex is illegal? Of course, we're starting with the dirty slang because I have my priorities. Uh, In the latest response that we had from the Cunning Linguist episode we aired a few weeks ago, listener Trina tweeted a link to her favorite replacement for the idea that takes balls, and it's Klitspa. She didn't coin it herself. It's the name of a blog, klitspa.com, that she heard about on Savage Love. But Trina, thank you for sending it in, and I wish you much Klitspa. All right, on to a more serious subject. If your inbox is anything like mine, you recently saw a bunch of alarming headlines about a court ruling that BDSM sex is illegal. It centers on a case in which a student was expelled from George Mason University ostensibly for doing kinky stuff. That didn't sound right to me, so I called up my favorite source on the intersection of the law and sex, Thomas Macaulay Miller, who is the principal blogger at the Yes Means Yes blog, where he wrote a really essential series called There's a War On, which is about abuse inside kink communities. And he's also a lawyer who knows a lot about what U.S. law has to say about alternative sexualities. So I started by just bottom lining it with him. Did a U.S. court just say that there's no legal way to practice BDSM? No. So, okay, let's start from the scary end first. In the alternative universe that we most fear, not only can the state interfere with our individual sexual practice and show up in our bedrooms and and haul us off to prison for the things that we do with our consenting partners, sort of if that's not actively happening, it's right around the corner or or an active threat, and that's not really happening. The state isn't coming into people's bedrooms and saying, you shouldn't be doing BDSM. Instead, it comes up sort of sideways. That's what gets us to this John Doe versus George Mason University case, because it didn't come up because the university went after two kinksters who had no consent issues. It came up because the school wanted this guy out, John Doe, because one, he 
took a knife and carved some violent thing into his knuckles. Two, he had lighter fluid in the dorms. Three, he had a run-in with a professor where he scared the heck out of the professor and they told him no further contact with this instructor. Four, he had a kinky relationship with this woman that when it ended, he stalked her until she got an order of protection. He's doing all this stuff that says he's real trouble. George Mason goes after him essentially only on one offense, one incident where they did some BDSM, and by her own account, on that occasion, he didn't violate her safe word. She expressed some problems in the scene. He stopped. There was back and forth in mid-scene negotiation, but she never safe worded. Wait, that's what the university used to kick him out? Yes. Wait, because she does claim that he, at another point, violated her safe word, right? Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm still getting there. I'm sorry. So they go after him on this one incident, which they write up in more detail but leave other things out. They've got him on tape with her on the phone admitting that on a separate incident, and who knows why they didn't use this. Maybe it didn't happen on school grounds or something. On a separate incident, he violated her safe word. And he has a story about it, whatever. Right, his story about it is basically, I thought she could handle it, which is... Which is not a story. Which is not a story, <laughs> To yes. me, that's an admission. So the conduct council, as these things sometimes do, they did not find him responsible. And then there was a review by administrators who took a look at the series of conduct and said, this is a real problem. And they essentially reversed that and disciplined him. And he went to the courts and said... This is procedurally a mess. So the court ultimately concludes walking through a whole series of essentially procedural stuff, how much this conduct counsel process looked like what the judge thinks should be a fair trial. And he says, I'm not even going to rule on any one of these things, just that the totality of the things that they did, they went after the guy on what they ultimately decided was the entire course of conduct, but they only told him that it was going to focus on this one incident, and therefore he didn't have a proper opportunity to defend himself and all that stuff. And he says, basically, as a result of the combined total of the complete mess uh, of, that they made of this process, Therefore, I'm reversing it, and and you've got to go take another look at, at your discipline process. So just to make sure I'm getting this right, the judge in the case ruled against the university because the university had made such a mess of their procedure in trying to kick out this guy, not on the merits of whether or not this guy should be allowed to be at the university or anything related to him practicing BDSM. Right. And then after that, the judge starts talking about this claim that is the one that got everybody upset, which is, hey, my BDSM conduct is part of my sexual conduct, which the state after Lawrence is supposed to be hands off. And this part really is bad. The judge gets to this idea of our sexual privacy or sexual practice as a fundamental right, takes a look at it, and he says, would the founding fathers have said... <laughs> Seriously. This is... <laughs> is that what he said? Like, Yeah. Here's the problem. He says, what I'm being asked to do here is say that BDSM is separately something without which you can't imagine our our government and our relationship to it being what it is. Since he doesn't know much about Ben Franklin, he, he thinks the founders wouldn't have been on board with that. So he's not thinking about it in terms of privacy. No. I feel like that's applying the wrong standard to it. It's the wrong question. I agree with you. Okay. 
thank you for breaking that down. One other thing I want to add, it's just a district court judge. They don't tell anyone else what to do. The judge in the courtroom next door could see similar facts and say, this is different. I analyze it differently, different result. Got it. I mean, look, it's still bullshit to have a judge say you have no fundamental right to practice BDSM, but it's useful to know that it's probably not going to impact our lives terribly much. Yeah, it's the last time the government tried to prosecute somebody for doing BDSM that uh, didn't do any permanent damage and everybody said was consensual was in Massachusetts. Yeah, I remember it. It involved a wooden spoon. Right. And that was 1992. It's generally called Paddleboro. It happened in Attleboro, Mass in a party. And it was again, it was a noise complaint, I think. And all charges were ultimately dropped. And, and it hasn't been tried since. Hasn't been tried. Right now, I am more concerned with a kinky partner's ability to go tell the police or any other uh, authorities. That they were raped. Right. Ironically enough, in Alexandria, I think, there was a case a couple of years ago where a woman who had played with a guy maybe a dozen times went to the cops and said, I played with him before, but this time he did things I didn't consent to. They thought it was a solid case. They brought it. They went all the way to trial and the jury acquitted him. Right. So BDSM is much more likely to be used as an excuse not to prosecute someone who actually deserves it. Okay. Well, that was clarifying, if still kind of depressing. So I asked Thomas to stick around to help out a listener who was wondering how best to break in her butt. Here's how that went. Listener Jay writes, this French guy I'm dating likes ass stuff. And he has mentioned anal sex a couple of times, but there is no way, no ways in capital letters, my butt is ready for that. He's fingered me a couple of times and it's okay, but I still don't love it. Like, it feels good, but it's also kind of awkward. So I guess my question is, what's the best way to ease into anal play slash sex, etc.? Is it by fingering a little bit at a time, bringing lube into the situation, or what other advice might you, us, you and I, Thomas, have for basically an anal newbie? I have been on both sides of this equation. So the listener's coming from, from a wonderful place, right, where I'd like to do this. It's not, you know, they're not pushing mental boundaries. It's just how do I do this in a way that I like? I'm not convinced of that, Thomas. At no point in the question does the listener express a desire, like, their own like i'm super intrigued by this like it's like i'm dating this french guy i'm not really sure what the frenchness has to do with it i wondered that too and he's into this and he's been fingering my butt and it's okay i guess but i'm totally not ready and i i I at no point heard i am eager to try this out and just want to make sure my experience is the best I heard I'm willing to, but I'm on somebody else's agenda. Now, I could be misreading it because you heard something else, but I just want to put that out there, listener Jay. You don't have to do anal just because your French guy wants you to. You really, really don't. And if you genuinely yourself are not interested in or curious about the experience, I want you to just tell him that. And if he can't cope with that, he's not the right French guy for you. Well said. But I do think we should answer the question on the chance that... Right. If, if the concern is, no way my butt is ready for this, but I am, that is a totally fixable problem, and fingers are not the tools to fix that. The great thing about fingers is we always seem to have a few available, but they have a lot of features. They're not actually that smooth, right? They've got nails and knuckles and all kinds of features, and if you, if you try to warm up with fingers, actually you can get a little sore and abraded. 
I think the way to deal with anal, and I've been on both sides of this this equation, like I said, is put something really comfortable in, especially something purpose-built like a small butt plug. Put it in, do other things that are both relaxing and erotic, you know, watch porn together, make out whatever works for about 20 minutes, and just let the ass relax. And then go in really slow. The sort of classic advice for if you're the one being filled and you're new to something, be the, be the person in a position to slide down on it and, and control the rate. Because first time, even with some warm-up, if you're going any faster than a quarter inch a second, you're going fast. Oh, my God. That seems really fast. Even a quarter inch a second seems fast to me. I have limited experience with this, but I don't have no experience. It's just not my favorite thing, as it turns out. But I was curious about it and have tried it in several different configurations. And when I was first trying it out, we would try a little. And then the next session, we would try a little more or like really go at the pace that feels comfortable to you. You and your partner have to be on the same page, which is or on the side of caution. Yeah. Lubrication, communication are never wrong. Yes. Lots of lube, lots of communication, and lots of warm-up. I love the butt plug idea, a tiny little butt plug. But it is a really psychological experience to be on the enveloping end. And so you've got to have the time and space for that, and you've got to have a partner who understands that. It is not like it looks like in porn, right? Like if you've seen people do anal in porn, you probably have a really unrealistic idea of what it's going to be like for you, especially the first couple of times. Yeah, it's a it's a patience game, right? It's a, it, it's not a just pop it in uh, experience. Uh, certainly wasn't for me, either learning to be the insertive or the receptive partner. It's a lot of push it a little, see how it feels, put a little pressure on, see how it feels. And if it's okay, it's great. And if it doesn't stop, because anal should never hurt unintentionally. And I just, I don't want to stigmatize it because I think a lot of people love anal. If you're into it or if you're curious about it, I'm all for it. But I do know that research shows that a lot of women who are in heterosexual relationships and watch or their partners watch heterosexual porn feel pressured into anal because it's featured really heavily in a lot of heterosexual porn. And so I just want to put it out there. If you don't have a partner who's willing to do this with you on your terms the right way, and your terms could be let's go slow, your terms could be I'm not interested as it turns out, you don't have the right partner for this. There's no sex act that is inherently liberating, and there's no sex act that's inherently degrading. It really all depends on context. So good luck with your anal adventures if you decide to go on them, and I hope your French guy is really uh, in tune and a great listener. I still don't get why French. I don't know what French is. (laughs) (laughs) And if you want some advice about your sex life, send in your questions and maybe myself and a listener will answer it on a future Spare Parts show. Just send it to me at unscrewed at JacquelineFriedman.com. That's J-A-C-L-Y-N-F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N.com. Or tweet me at JacquelineF. Use the hashtag unscrewed so other folks can see it and join the conversation if you want. Also, if you have things you want to say about this episode or any other episode, please do use the hashtag. If you have questions, if you have insight you want to add, I always love talking to folks about the show on Twitter. Hashtag unscrewed. 
That's all we have time for today. This show is produced in collaboration with Katie Tandy, the fantastic creative director of theestablishment.co and edited by yours truly. Our cover art is by Nicole Dodonna and the in and out music that you are enjoying right now is by The Pink Tiles. Until next week, I'm wishing you safe and happy sex lives. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.